0: Well, good morning again. It's the second hour of Mornings with Carmen here on Faith Radio. I am Carmen LaBurge. It is Thursday, the 22nd of September. If you haven't done so already, please go to myfaithradio.com and sign up for our reading the Bible together. We're going to examine the book of 1 Peter. If you, uh, if you sign up there at myfaithradio.com, you can join uh, a fairly large group of us now. Um, reading through 1 Peter, you're going to get a a study guide, a um, a subscription to the Reading the Bible Together podcast for more in-depth study with others. Um, So go ahead and go to myfaithradio.com today and sign up for the Reading the Bible Together conversation on 1 Peter. Hey, I want to call us to prayer this morning. Um, The concerns of the world are many, and sometimes we get very, very intensely focused on the concerns of our individual lives and the challenges we face. And I'm absolutely lifting up those individual prayers as well. Um, but the the concerns of the world are many. And when we talk about the concerns of the world and we talk about, let's say, violence erupting on the streets of uh, of Haiti following um, the government's plan to raise fuel prices again, gang bosses blocking um Haiti's key port, um, looting in the streets, protests, demands for the prime minister's resignation. I mean, there is chaos in Haiti right now. Um, As we survey what's happening in Ukraine, as Russia's President Putin escalates the war, threatening nuclear attacks, and Russian citizens are actually buying plane tickets out of the country as— as Moscow is ordering the mobilization of army reservists, and those people don't want to go to war in neighboring Ukraine, or as we consider the strong nighttime earthquake in Mexico, or as we consider um, the the prospect of nationwide famine in Pakistan following uh flooding there that still covers. Floodwaters still cover a full third of, of the country. Um, as we have noted, the, uh, the rising, um, well, I mean, I guess it's the deterioration. It's not really a rising, the deterioration of the economy in Sri Lanka, where inflation uh, jumped to 70.2 percent in the month of August. 70.2 percent inflation is not sustainable Um, They have debt that needs to be restructured and a world that has its attention focused elsewhere. So as we consider all of these things, I want us to be mindful that in every single one of these stories, there are millions, tens of millions of people. People like you and me, like our kids and grandkids, like our neighbors and friends, like our fellow church members, people, precious people. whose Hopes and dreams and fears are all present in such a huge way that they are having a hard time seeing anything else. And so let's be um, on our knees today, not only for sort of the fabricated chaos and disorientation of our own culture about things where, you know, reality is denied, but the realities of floods and famines and earthquakes and war facing individuals and families around the world. Let's be a people of prayer today. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen Leberge. Uh, first up, we're going to have a visit with Justin Early. It's a continuation of a conversation that we started a couple of weeks ago. Um, Justin has been reflecting on the theology of parenting. The theology of parenting. What is your theology of parenting? How, as a parent, Do you live out the reality of the incarnation? How, as a parent, do you live out the reality of atonement? How, um, as a parent, do you live out the reality um, that we live in the face of evil? All of that up next here on Morning to the Carmen. again today, Justin Early. You can find what we're talking about at Justin's website, justinwhitmullearly.com. The links will be in the show notes today at myfaithradio.com as well. Hey, Justin, welcome back.
2: Hey, Carmen, how are you?
0: I'm well, thank you. So um, a couple of weeks ago, we started or embarked on this conversation about the theology of parenting, Um, and so I thought maybe we could just quickly review... um, the, the things we covered in our prior conversation, because we talked about atonement, we talked about living with our attention um, turned toward God, and we talked about incarnation and the, and the theology of parenting related to that. So can you just briefly um, review those three um, portions of the conversation?
2: Absolutely. I mean, the short idea is that parenting forms the way that we think about God and our own life. And there's a lot of things that we can learn about theology that don't come from books, but that actually come from the acts of parenting. Like, for example, we could read a lot about atonement, and that's good, but nothing quite teaches you about atonement like the way of being a parent where you realize that you need to sacrifice in order for your kids to live, just like God has sacrificed in order for us to live. Or the idea of Coram Deo is the idea that our main you know, what for in life is to live before the face of God, and nothing will remind you what that means, like being a parent and realizing that your kids long for your face. They long for your attention. We talked about incarnation and the idea that God is not content just to tell us things. He wants to be with us, and we see that too in parenting. The more that you parent, the more that you realize, oh, my kids don't just need my messages. They do, but they also need my presence, they need me with them. So I really like thinking about how to explore these rich theological concepts through the acts of parenting as a way to realize that God is working in our lives through parenting. Yeah, I
0: love that. So this entire series is available at Justin's website. And also if you follow him on Instagram, Justin Whitmill Early. Um, all right, so let's um, survey um, the next few today, sanctification, creation, grace, and truth. But I'd actually like to start with the issue that you list last, because it's the reality yeah. of evil. And I actually think that talking about evil is really essential to our understanding of ourselves and our kids. And, and if we don't have a working theology of evil in our parenting, like we're, uh, we're gonna find ourselves, mm. um, Uh, Like right up against an enemy that we can't defeat.
2: That's yeah, that's good. So let's start there because it is uncomfortable and there's a tension. I don't know if I'd call it a paradox, but there's a tension. And the tension is that that evil really, really is real. It's a reality in the world that we would ignore to our own peril. And the way that it's real is not just that it's out there in the world. That's definitely true. But it's also in here in our hearts, in our families, in our homes, right? Evil is real, but the tension is that despite all this chaos and even evil we see in the world and in ourselves, there is one fact that is way more important than all that, and that is that God will win. He will triumph over evil. His death and resurrection is a sign that the back of evil is broken and that good will win. And so I think the ways that we can see that play out in our parenting is that we, we have to acknowledge that there are, you know, there's a war out there for the hearts of ourselves and the hearts of our children. There are dangerous things to protect our kids from, and we should give attention to that. But we got to parent through a faith that realizes that God is the ultimate victor over evil, not us, which means that we can't control everything in our kids' life. We, we are not the ones who will ultimately deliver them from evil. And I think that gives us both a humility and a hope That God is more powerful than us, and we don't need to be afraid. We can just be attentive.
0: Yeah. And if I am obsessively trying to protect my child from everything, um, Mm. I am not preparing them to live on their own as a resilient person in right relationship to God um, as his agent in a world where the devil's always prowling around looking for a way in. Like, right? Because I'm not always going to, I'm literally not always going to be there for my kid. That's right. But, and, I mean, but God you, is.
2: You teach your children to swim. You, know, you teach your so- children how mm-hmm. to deal with life in dangerous situations. You certainly just don't let them flounder, but you mm-hmm. can't hold them up all the time either. And I think there's a real, real metaphor here that your, your job is not to worry, but it's about to teach them how to walk into the world, name evil for what it is, but hope in God. And, and worry and fear don't have a place in that.
0: Amen. Amen. I mean, as you're talking about teaching to swim, I'm thinking about teaching to drive, but there you mm. go. Um, <laughs> there all you right, go. we're going to gonna um, we're gonna take a very brief break. When we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Justin Early. We're going to talk about the theology of parenting related to creation, sanctification, grace, and truth. Oh, and I almost forgot, which is ridiculous to say so, but resurrection. Yeah, <laughs> all of that up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. Thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen.
2: The he Give him the tools that he needs.
0: We're talking with Justin Early about a series of um, reflections that he has posted at his website, Justin Whitmore Early dot com. The conversation is about the theology of parenting. All right, so um, let's talk about sanctification. How is sanctification mm. like experienced and expressed in the life of a family?
2: Well, the, sanctification is a wonderful idea that God isn't done with us after salvation, but he insists on using the same principles of salvation, that is grace, to continue to make us into new people. And you think about this all the time as a parent, right? Because you're always asking the question, how do you discipline or motivate your kids to become new and better and more, more well-behaved, more Christ-honoring children? And the temptation of a parent is often to you know, control um, or use maybe anger or shame as tools for that to try to push them into the right kind of person. And sanctification is a wonderful reminder that that's actually not how God comes to us. God comes to us through grace and love, grace to forgive what we've done and love to call us forward. And that's just, if you just take that paradigm and substitute it into your household and think, how do I give my children grace for what they've done but love to call them forward? You are talking about a whole new set of practices in the household, which is exactly the point. And parenting is a wonderful place to explore this theology and practice of sanctification.
0: Yeah. We're not going to use shame or guilt. Um, There's going to be a lot less screaming, right? (laughs) Right. A lot more, a lot more deep breaths and counting to 20. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Um, Talk with us about um, creation and particularly in relationship to like love and the word.
2: Yeah. Well, I am probably obsessed with, Genesis is the right word. I think if you asked me my favorite passage of the Bible was, it would be Genesis 1 through 3, and one of the parts that I love about it is watching God create the world literally through words, right? His words create life, and I, there's so many things to talk about in the theology of creation, but that's the one I want to latch on to in parenting. Um, his words of love for creation and us create reality, And when you're a parent, you need to be radically attentive to the the way that you are so much of an image bearer of God that your words have the power to create real life in your children. You can shape their lives through your words, but because we are fallen, we can also wreak havoc in our children's lives through our words. You know, for example, through anger or shame, like we just talked about. So paying attention to the words that you use and how you speak the words of love speak the words i'm i'm proud of you i'm with you i won't leave you um we can work through this whatever stage of life you're at with your kids your words are can be the words of life and i just want to na- name that power and get us to think about how powerful our words are
0: when you um when you say that genesis 1 through 3 like you know provides this most est- essential lens through which to understand god and ourselves and the world and redemption the cross and the kingdom um it occurs to me that like the other book end of that is literally revelation 21 and 22. and Mm. so those you know the opening three chapters of the bible in conversation with the last two chapters of the bible um absolutely provides this frame that you're talking about from creation to new creation and literally from word to word i mean from from the first word to the last yeah so cool all right, we're talking with Justin Early. You can find um the series of um of pieces that we're talking about, um his theology of parenting on his website, com. Justin, let's um let's jump into grace and truth.
2: Yes, grace and truth. This is related to the sanctification idea of how do we call our kids forward? And I think one of the things that I take joy in is that Jesus is truthful. He's not content to leave me where I am. He will tell me what is wrong. But he is gracious. When he comes to me to do that, he is not coming in anger or shame, but in love. And taking those two together, the idea that it's okay in our marriages and in our lives with our children to speak the words of truth to them is so important. We need a parent, right? We need a parent. Our kids need a parent to tell us what we're doing wrong or what is going wrong, but we need a parent who does that graciously. So whether you know, this is toddlers or teens, we as parents can constantly learn about how to become more like Christ by thinking about how do I approach my child with this grace and with truth at the same time.
0: All right. And then finally, which I said earlier that your final uh, thought was about evil, but actually the final thought is... Fortunately, is about no. <laughs> resu- I know. Fortunately, no. It's about resurrection. And um, and I did, I did have a note on that. I just uh, was seeing my notes on evil uh, more profoundly in the moment. So talk with us about resurrection, which, you know, surely we ought never leave off the list in terms of our theology of anything.
2: Yeah. Well, that's actually a, a nice little metaphor of it is easy to see all the brokenness in the world and mm. forget where we are actually headed. You know, we we're talking about creation to revelation. Two of the most important things we can know in the world is what are we made for? You know, what, mm. what, who made us and why? And that's what Genesis teaches us. And revelation teaches us, well, where are we going? You know, what, where is this all ending? And this is the you know, wonderful and astounding reality that the best is yet to come. That because Jesus really did rise from the dead, that is a promise of our future, too. And so when we think about, well, where are we going and what's this headed for? The reality is, yeah, evil will not win. Neither will death, even though death and evil abound now. But rather, we as families and as individuals and as a church, we are looking for a future where we are raised again to communal life with God that is full of joy and presence. And there's so many things that you could draw from that. But I think one that's particularly important for parents is just that your work matters now. It will be resurrected. It will be refined. The good parts of it will be brought out. And I think just that remembrance that there's meaning in what we do now and that we're headed towards a good place gives us that sort of, athletic endurance where you can see the end and you say it's worth it i'll keep running i'll keep working and parents amongst everybody need that they need the reminder that in your crazy years with your teen or in these diaper years with your toddler or wherever you are in between your work is not in vain god will use this and he will steward it to his good end in the kingdom to come and that's a power we need to draw on now we need to remember where we're going
0: well, I have myself hoping that this is um, this is at least a book proposal, if not already in the works, um, because it's so very good, the theology of parenting. Mm. Um, and then, you know, Justin, because I like to make assignments and, and think about what's next. You're a Christian. You're a husband. You're a dad. You are thoughtful. You're also an attorney, a lawyer, a trained lawyer. Yes, and so yes. maybe next, if you haven't done it already, and if you have, then I want to tee it up for a conversation. Maybe you could help us consider like a working theology of justice and Mm -hmm. the relationship of law and grace in our everyday relationships and in our common life as a people, because we seem as if we are in living in serious division because we don't have either a relationship, um, where we understand how important law is like Mm -hmm. for us as a people, the rule of law, but then also what it looks like to live in in relationships that are governed more by grace than by rule-keeping.
2: Wow. You're speaking my language, Carmen, because I, as I became a lawyer, I had this realization that my parents named me Justin, which means man of justice. <laughs> and they named me that for a reason. It's because my dad actually was beginning the practice of law around the time I was born. And I've had this sort of idea the past really decade of, that maybe part of my call is to learn what my name means, learn what mm. it actually means to be a people of justice. And so I do, I do have a lot of thoughts as a lawyer, but um, also humble ones as somebody who's still learning because this is a wild time where America, I think, is once again trying to figure out what, what, what does it mean to be just? And we will never, and here's where we can leave it, we'll never answer that question unless we understand the justice that is contained in the love of God. We will never get to the right answer and I think one of the things that the church can do is teach America what it means to create a just society. And that is our call. We've got to do that.
0: Yeah, and and at the cross we have this you know this holiness of God, this perfect justice and and grace or love, you know, actually like kissing and so, you know, yes. there, there's, there's something yes. there for us. There's clearly something there for us as Christians. There's the a lot today. there
2: for us. One of the things I was astounded to learn in law school, and I'll keep this very brief, was that we've all but given up on the idea of reconciliatory justice. Most of our, mm. just, most of our law is informed by retribution, how to pay somebody back for what they've done. Um, that is far short of the Christian theology of justice, that God's love and discipline is primarily to bring us back to relationship. Yes, Yeah. He's, he understands that something has gone wrong and punishment is real, but the idea of reconciling people back together is just not something our criminal justice system really is built on. What could we do about that is a very, very fascinating question.
0: Okay, we, we need to explore that further. That would be so helpful. Justin, as always, it's always just a gift to talk with you. Thank you for the blessing of these conversations. You guys need to check out Justin's website, Justin justinwitmull.com. Early.com. I'll drop all the links um, from today's conversation in the show notes later today at MyFaithRadio.com. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. This is Faith Radio.
1: All
0: right. Have you seen the ads? If you haven't yet seen the ads, you, um, yeah. Well, I think when I describe them, then you probably will say, Oh, you know what? I have seen those ads. I have seen those billboards. I have seen those television commercials or I have seen those pop-ups on YouTube. They are really provocative and straightforward messages about Jesus. It's a campaign called He Gets Us. Joining us today is Jason Vanderground. Um, we're gonna talk about this creative project and what um what it looks like to address the branding problem that Jesus has among Americans today, skeptics and nominal Christians alike. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. What if God was one of us? Just a slob like one of us. Hey God. Um, came in human flesh to dwell among us. Um, Emmanuel is the way we refer to God with us. The incarnation is the theology of Jesus taking on flesh to dwell among us full of grace and truth. But we live in a world where um, Jesus is horribly misunderstood and many people do not recognize him for who and what he really is. So in an effort to reintroduce Jesus to America... We have the campaign called He Gets Us. Jason VanderGround is here to talk with us about the He Gets Us campaign. Jason, welcome to Mornings with Carmen.
1: Hey, Carmen. It's good to talk with you again.
0: Yeah, it's great to have you. So um, I think we talked before the launch or just as this um, this was beginning to hit the airwaves, but now... Um, A lot of people have seen the commercials on air, seen the billboards, um, encountered the online ads. Talk with us uh, again for people who weren't paying attention the first time or weren't with us. Like, what is the He Gets Us campaign and what's the why behind it?
1: Yeah, so it's great to be back. I think it was like May. And so, man, the summer goes by so quickly and then, you know, getting into fall like this. So the campaign launched uh, this spring. And it started with this problem statement that we were really struck by. And it was, um, how did the world's greatest love story become known as a hate group? And, um, yeah, that was something that um, has just driven really everything that we're doing uh, within this movement. And so it has two main goals. One is to just show, like you were saying, just how relevant jesus is how personally relevant he is to even to people who are just spiritually open he represents a value system of being peaceful and loving and welcoming but he also went through a lot of the exact same things that we're going through right now like being judged or having strong reaction feeling strong reactions to things as they, as he sees them and as we see them now and so what we try to do is focus on just a common experience there and a value system and just show show people who Jesus is, um, you know, without all the filters that a lot of times he comes with.
0: I think that um, people have ideas about Jesus, they have um, suspicions, and m- most of those are um, that grow out of the fact that he's been misrepresented by people who bear uh, uh, bear the identity of Christian, but are certainly not... Um, representing Christ in ways that, you know, are authentic to who he really is. So talk with us a little bit about the research you guys have done um, on the on the kind of the branding question, because Jesus has a branding problem because Christians really poorly represent him um, often in the culture.
1: Yeah, and we're, I mean, we're just imperfect followers of his. And so, it, um, I experience it in my own household. You know, my wife, my kids. I'm not a perfect representation of Jesus. Like, I wish that I exemplified His peace, His welcomingness, His acceptance. His, you know, uh, perfectly. But I just don't. And um, that adds up. I think over time to people where um, a lot of people who who are not Christians but who are spiritually open, when they look at Christianity, they tend to see three things, and they see a they see some hypocrisy. Um, which is natural because you know you're you're trying to do something, but you're not going to always do it well, and so people are going to see that inconsistency in us. But they also see a judgmentalism uh, that we there's certain things and certain people that that Christianity accepts, and certain things and people that it, that it doesn't accept. Um, and and then um, just some of the the intolerance. And so, but the the flip side to that is what they find in Jesus. Uh, is somebody who they respect is somebody who is able to to find peace, to make peace with themselves and those around him. Somebody who is welcoming, accepting, and then loving to all. And so there's this shared value system that they see, even though Christianity isn't necessarily something that that appeals to them as people who are kind of skeptical and but spiritually open.
0: Yeah. So helping people rediscover um Jesus is you know, the vision behind this. How um, is he gets us reintroducing Jesus to America?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. What we try to do is just look at the experience that people are going through today and then look at the life of Jesus and find kind of these relatable things. It's a lot through common experience. So, you, you know, you were just talking about the ads. One of the main ads is, is is really kind of the how Jesus a lot of times came across as a little bit rebellious against the system against the norms and how he was wrongly judged for that so how the religious and the political leaders even his own disciples and followers a lot of times got wrong what he was all about but you know we have a lot of stories in the bible where Jesus would start walking into a town and basically people would think here comes troublemaker here comes somebody who's just going to stir up people and make our lives a little bit more difficult and you know we look around today and go hey there's there's a lot of wrongly judged activity going on today and so it's been interesting I've I've been at different baseball games you know with the St. Louis Cardinals or the uh, Chicago White Sox wearing that t-shirt and um, you know even former players have looked at me and said you know when can I get that wrongly judged t-shirt like (laughs) it just speaks to them and I think it it recasts Jesus and they go, man, that's, that's really fascinating because I think it fits with the lived experience that people are going through today.
0: Hey, let's listen to the audio from um, The Rebel. This is one of the ads in the He Gets Us campaign.
2: A rebel took to the streets. He recruited others to join him. They roamed the hood and challenged authority. Community leaders feared them. Religious leaders abhorred them. We have to get them off the streets, they said. But they weren't part of a gang spreading hate and terror. They were spreading love.
0: All right, that's the audio from one of the He Gets Us ads. You can check it all out at hegetsus.com. We're talking with Jason Vanderground. He's the president of Haven. Haven's providing what I'll describe as the creative force behind the campaign. Um, let's uh, let's talk, Jason, about um, uh, how people have been responding and how you're measuring that. Because you, there's just so much um, data and research in, involved in this. This isn't just, you know, people throwing money um, in a direction and hoping it's going to hit a target. You actually know it's hitting its target. Talk about that. Yeah,
1: so the I mean first the reaction the the biggest reaction that we've been getting um is this kind of pleasant surprise. You know, people will be watching a game, you know, on TV or in the stadium and they're like, "Was that a Jesus ad? Did did they did they just put a Jesus <laughs> ad up in the outfield, you know, and um Jesus forgave errors, like, you know, like after the home team just made like a costly mistake and they're like, that's really ironic, you know, and, mm-hmm. and sometimes people will say that makes me a little uncomfortable. And, um, you know, the person next to them will say, well, why does it why does it make you uncomfortable? And it just it's starting conversations. Um, you know, we do every once in a while we get a little bit of pushback. I think there's some people that are like, I, I just don't want to see any fake message whatsoever, you know, in mainstream media. And we get that. I, I, I understand that there. It's something that they're not they're not ready for. It and They're not looking for it. And then once in a while we get, you know, from, you know, from Jesus followers, um, you know, we really emphasize the humanity of Jesus because that is what the person who's spiritually open is ready to to deal with right now. And so we try to respect them and empathize with them and have the conversation that they're ready for and not kind of force them to, to deal with things that they haven't gotten to yet in their faith journey. And so a lot of it is just being patient with them, being respectful of where they're at, giving them a lot of agency. and But the person of Jesus is so relevant to people, and we would love to have that conversation with them. Rather than not being able to talk at all about faith, to just spend a lot of time talking about the relevance of Jesus and uh, see where that conversation goes.
0: There's a pastor whose name is Aaron Chambers who wrote a book maybe a handful of years ago called Eats with Sinners. And he—I uh, mean— it, it's a conversation much like the one we're having now and you know how do we get to the place where we recognize that every meal Jesus ate he ate with sinners and so like who are we to think to think that any other human being isn't worth sitting down and sharing a meal with um and talking about the same kinds of things that Jesus talked about which was all about revealing the love of the father um and his desire to be reconciled and what that would look like in um, in a renewed kingdom. So I, I love this vision. Um it is uh it's really fun. Hey, Paul, have we already taken a break and come back and or do I still have to do that? Oh, okay. We got I'm so sorry. I completely I was so in it was so involved in the conversation that I completely forgot that I'm supposed to be, you know, like governing the time here. So we will return to our conversation about He Gets Us with Jason Vanderground in just a moment. We're talking about the He Gets Us campaign. You can check it out at He Gets Us dot com. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show we do every morning on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. I don't want you to miss any of it, so check out the free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at myfaithradio.com. One of the things I would like for you to consider is becoming a Faith Radio ambassador. We talk about walking our faith out into the world that God so loves and doing so in ways that honor Jesus. Well, that's because we are ambassadors of the kingdom of God. You can become a Faith Radio ambassador today and help us get the word out to others about this and other programs on the Faith Radio Network. Uh, we will supply everything that you need to share with others, and you can sign up to be a Faith Radio ambassador at MyFaithRadio.com. He was one of us. with Jason Vanderground. He's the president of Haven. They are the creative energy behind the He Gets Us campaign. You can find the entire campaign and all kinds of resources related to it at hegetsus.com. He Gets Us aims to free the name of Jesus from those who are using it to judge or harm or divide. Um, Let's listen to one more piece of audio we have related to this. Um, This is one of the He Gets Us ads, and it's called The Outrage. There was this controversial figure Everywhere he went, people challenged him They questioned his ideology
2: Trolled him Called him ugly names But he never took the bait Never raised his voice Refused to retaliate
0: Because he believed he could change the world By turning the other cheek all right. that is an ad from He Gets Us, um, Jason. When we when we listen to that, and let's just imagine for a moment that I'm a skeptic or I'm a nominal Christian, and that is a different kind of thought than I've had about Jesus in the past. Um, what happens next? Like, is there a layer of He Gets Us that goes beyond the ads?
1: Yeah, that's great. Every man, every time I hear those ads, they they get me going. Just that that music and that message and. Um, Just quick on outrage, you know that um, When we look at in the Bible what Jesus went through, you know when when he he got spit on he got falsely accused you know, he was he was mocked in public in front of a lot of people and so he he understands a lot of the things that that make us angry today and um, He modeled how to exercise self-control in those moments how to find peace and um, how to even empathize with people that you know we're we're tormenting him, and uh, so I just I love that example when I hear it in in outrage. Um, but yeah, there's um, you know on our website us dot com. You know, we'll, this fall I think we'll have about a hundred thousand people on that website every day, and you know they they reach out and they chat and they text with us, and a lot of times they just they you know they want a simple. Prayer, you know, to be heard by somebody else, somebody to pray for them. The number one thing people do is uh, they they read the Bible reading plans. And so one of the things that we keep track of is as people interact with the campaign, they're a lot more interested in reading about Jesus from the Bible uh, than than before they had ever seen the campaign. Um, and then they can get connected, too, with individuals. So a lot of times, you know, anytime you, you're starting to get involved in something new, you want to talk with somebody else who is also passionate about that area. And so getting connected to another Jesus follower in their community, somebody they can sit down and have coffee with or have lunch with and begin a, just a conversation with and explore this idea of Jesus and his relevance in their lives. So those those are all really key things that people are able to do once they're exposed to the campaign.
0: Hey, if you're wondering, like, you know, is this is this the thing? It's like a big thing happening out there. If you go to YouTube um, and you pull up the He Gets Us channel, you will note that The Rebel, which we listened to a little bit earlier, has 79 million views. Outrage, which we just um, heard, has 40 million views. Dinner Party, 36 million views. The Struggle, 26 million views. So, yeah. This is a thing. It is happening. Um, and I want you to know about it. It's called He Gets Us. Um, Jason, when, um, when people engage and, um, and then they're going to want more. And so maybe you can give us a glimpse into the future, because I think this is really like just a 2022 campaign. Um, what, what do you all see happening next? Am I by myself? I did? Can you hear me now? Um, Jason, can you hear us? (laughs) Oh, I lost him. You didn't lose me, Paul. Okay. All right. Well, um, let me just encourage everybody to check out He Gets Us at hegetsus.com. And let's be praying for God to re-engage people in the United States of America, reintroduce Jesus um, to each other. If you're looking for uh, kind of a a provocative way to, you know, add something to your own social feed, He Gets Us might be um, one way that you could do that. So you're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen Laburge, inviting you to check out hegetsus.com.
1: The falling leaves,
0: drift by my window. Whew! Yeah, hopefully uh, the weather, uh, the the temperatures have broken where you are, and since on this first day of fall, you're at least beginning to feel slightly more fall-like. Let's be praying for each other today. Um, Lots of individuals in our faith radio listening community who are struggling um, some really trying to figure out how they 're going to hang on um, in other places you know we're we're flourishing and experiencing uh you know a bounty of blessings and so wherever you are today let 's just recognize that as brothers and sisters in christ um we 're in this together you 're not alone, God sees you um, God is completely aware of your need. And I'm just going to ask that he give us this day our daily bread, whatever that looks like, wherever we are, in whatever circumstance we find ourselves in. Praying God's protection upon uh, communities in eastern Canada in relationship to the approach of a hurricane. Quite an unusual event um, approaching that part of the world. And just on a personal note, um, my uh, parents are on a river cruise. (laughs) Yeah, up there. So I don't know right? There you go. Yeah. They wanted to go see the leaves change. And so um, that's where the leaves are changing now because they're not changing down here yet. So there you have it. Prayers for Ruth Ann and Ron and Joy and Mac, two 80-year-old couples who thought this would be a fun thing to do this fall. And so praying for their safety um, and times of enjoyment. May you find um, some times of refreshment as well, whatever that looks like for you today. Maybe it's something simple. Maybe it is um, sitting in a patch of grass and acknowledging the goodness and the glory of God in all circumstances. God is good. He is faithful. His mercies are new every morning. He loves you deeply and desperately. He will never let you go. He will never let you go. Every good and perfect gift flows from the reservoirs of heaven above, because God is a good, good father. Today, as we are um, you know, each taking one more step toward home, let us become more and more prepared to live there. So as we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, I challenge us again to live like ambassadors of that kingdom. Let's be living demonstrations today of the goodness and the mercy, the faithfulness, the grace, the love of God that we know in Christ Jesus, our Lord. As we are possessed of the Holy Spirit of the living God, full of grace and truth, let's allow it to pour out of our lives in full measure today into, those, uh, into the lives of those who are around us. That, you know, Jesus might be represented in this generation in ways that actually honor him. You've been listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen Laburge. The show notes will be posted later at the website. Share the show with someone else. Have a great day and God bless. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen Laburge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.